You're listening to MOG Channel. You know, most people don't understand the complexity of salvation. The fact that you're just sitting down, just said a prayer, just believed something, and all of a sudden, you are magically saved. It's too good to be true in many people's ears that till today they still doubt it and refuse to believe because they're like, how can you just believe something right something that seems so distant one man died somewhere said it was god 2000 and something years ago and i should believe that and all of a sudden my sins are magically forgiven (laughs) but that's one thing about god god can be that simple you see many people assume that because god is god he should be complex but no god is that simple however The thing that you receive freely and simply and just by believing did not come to you easily at all. Au contraire. Rather, it came with a lot of complexity. Complexities that the scriptures seek to explain to you step by step. Things that if you take your time to study them, you would be a better and more grateful believer. So, I would add that one of the things that we do to make us more grateful is to study the scriptures. You study the scriptures and you begin to see God's plan unfold and how complex it is. And you're like, yo, who is putting this stuff together? In fact, it had to be only God. But so complex so complex, perplexing, making you think, but at the same time, the results are so easy for you to accept. But there are many people who will still go to hell because they really think this is still too good to be true, and so they take it and put it in the realm of fairy tales. Yet it is true. Look at the book of Romans chapter 4 that we have been studying, all right? From verse 13, it says, For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. That is, God is just trying to make this thing so easy. God is going for faith alone. Acceptance by faith alone. Like, that just blows my mind if you think about it. Which country, (laughs) alright, would allow the citizens to access righteousness or right standing or innocence before the country by faith alone. It's impossible. Imagine your country that you are in right now, Nigeria, because it's my own country. And they say, whatever you do, you can, (laughs) you know, you, you get a pass. You get a pass because someone has paid for it. Man, you, you think you think that chaos would be the next thing that would follow. But that doesn't follow because when it comes to Christ, he does not just waive the fine by paying the price himself, but 
he now gives us that righteous nature. So look at it. He elevates us to God's righteous standing by paying the price for all our sins. So regardless of where we are at in our struggles with sin, God keeps us on that pedestal of righteousness. It never goes down. Can you imagine, you know, being before God and that pedestal never with it just never wavers. It just never wavers. It doesn't go up with all the good things you do. It doesn't go down. Now, it doesn't mean you will not lose rewards for doing bad things. Oh, you will lose rewards. But when it comes to the qualification or the standard, it just remains constant. That line just keeps going. It never dips. It never rises. It never dips with your sin. It never rises with your goodness. It's just a constant. And that's just the safest place to be. Just imagine that. This is what we call the grace of God. And this is what many people are afraid to preach on pulpits because of how controversial it sounds. How can you tell me that my sins are just forgiven? My sins are just covered. We looked at David and how David was talking about the blessedness of a man who God will not impute sin to. Blessed a man, you know, is a man whose transgressions are not counted, whose sins are covered. A man who God will not charge sin to his account. You do wrong and God will not charge you for it because he charged his son. His son took it. So on one hand, there's a sigh of relief that I'm free to go. But on the other hand, this thing costs the Lord everything. It's so expensive yet not at my expense. <laughs> so free for me, but it costs God his freedom for a time. It's amazing. It's grace. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yet it's just free. So what does the good believer do? He does not take it for granted. He goes to the scriptures to study and appreciate better what has been done for him. This is part of why we study the scriptures. We value what God did. We honor God and we honor what he did. And therefore, we study it in all, looking in the scriptures and just have our eyes wide open, popping at the complexity of this whole thing, this whole plan, the level of sacrifice that he had to endure. No wonder at the Garden of Gethsemane, we see him hesitant to go through with it because he had become a man. But he just at that moment said, not my will, but yours be done. And he gave up his will, gave up his freedom to the one <laughs> who held him up that period so it says in verse 13 of Romans 4 it says the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law but through the righteousness of faith it is by faith 14 for if those who have the law are heirs faith is made empty and the promise made of no effect because the law brings wrath for where there is no law there is no sin this is where I'm going to park 
my caravan. It says, for if those who are of the lower heirs, faith is made void. What he's saying is that for those, if the people who will inherit um, righteousness from God, inherit God's um, righteous, you know, um, absolution, those who will be declared innocent before God, if it is by the law, by obeying the law, then faith is made empty. You can't be performing and also just believing at the same time. It has to be one of the two. Is it that you try to get to God by your performance and fail woefully, or you just get him by faith in the one who has already done it and given to you as a gift? It says, verse 15, because the law brings about wrath. Romans 1 already tells us clearly that the wrath of God is revealed against all unrighteousness. So, the law actually, which is the knowledge of sin, as we saw in Romans 3, is the knowledge of sin. If the law brings the knowledge of sin, those who cannot maintain the standard, who cannot keep the law, will face its wrath. It's like a country where there was no traffic light on a particular intersection before, and everybody just had to go through that intersection. On their own, when they go there, they just gauge the road and pass. You wait for this other person crossing at that junction and that, and you just pass. And you did it for years, six years, eight years. There was no law against it. All of a sudden, you were passing by, speeding down there. And all of a sudden, for the first time, you lifted up your eyes and you saw this magnificent traffic light you've never seen before. What do you do? Do you ignore the traffic light and just move on, especially because it's a red on your own lane? Of course not. Because if you do that and you are in a proper society, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> you definitely know what's going to happen. You will be on the wrong side of the law for breaking the law because the law has now, there's a traffic light telling you there is a law saying that you don't cross here or at least there's a law saying that wherever there's a traffic light and traffic light says stop, you stop or face the consequences of the law. So the law brings wrath and it brings wrath because we cannot keep it. But where there is no law, there is a transgression. Where there is no law or knowledge of the law, you can Let's use the word. You can maneuver a bit. But once the law is revealed, it's transgression. So God is saying here that it's not wrath he came to bring. The law brings wrath. The law is good, but it, it, it helps you to see your own sinfulness. And therefore, the wrath you should expect, the justice, the damnation you should expect, the punishment you should expect. But when it is by grace, as verse 16 says, therefore it is of faith that it may be according to grace. It is of faith. God made it like that so that it's by his grace. He is the one that does it. You don't strive for it. God is the one who strived. It says, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. You see, this is God. This can only be God. He wants the promise to be what? Sure to all the seed. To all of us who follow in the footsteps of Abraham, he wants it to be a sure thing that we can all say, I am saved by the grace of God. Are you seeing that? Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. This is amazing. 
amazing grace. Guys, with that, I will end this particular episode. You will notice that there was no introduction of my classic type. But I'm just trying new things. I hope you learned something. Why don't you share this with someone? Let them also get blessed and inspired to look in the scriptures and understand these things. I am your host, Mr. Essien. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. If this blessed you, or you want to say hi, or you have a question, you can head over to my Instagram at pst.essien, pst.essien. Also, if you've been blessed and you'd love to support what we do here at MOG Podcast, then you can give to 0106-207-685. I'll say that again. 0106-207-685 GT Bank. God bless you.